you, Lord. Lift those hands to the Lord. That chorus we were singing. All my life. That one right there. Help us with that. Been faithful. It's all my life you have been so, so good. With every breath. With every breath that I am. I'm able. I will sing of the goodness of God. Father, I thank you today that you would open the heavens before us today. Give us entrance into the word and the life that you desire for us to begin to walk in. Thank you for helping us to understand. Help me to articulate. Prepare us for what is coming. Prepare us for victory. I thank you, Lord. We call upon you today. We call upon your anointing. We call upon your understanding and revelation. Make it so for every person here today. We ask it in the mighty name of Jesus. I will sing of the goodness of God. Yes, I will. I will sing of the goodness of God. You may be seated. We, to say that um, our finished morning is not true, I, this one was very difficult for me. It, it didn't begin that way, but I, I anticipated the Lord healing my brother because he had already done so several months before and so when uh, the ailment returned it was so quick and so devastating I just I, was, I couldn't hardly get my mind around it my wife and I just a few days ago were sitting with them celebrating her, her, her uh, birthday I invited Don and LaVon and Woodrow and Francine, both pastors, both dear life friends. And we were having a meal together. It's just celebrating Carolyn's 25th birthday. Amen. <laughs> and, uh, you know, when you're, when you're friends with someone a long time and you're, and you're close, you, you, you become family and literally He's my brother, has been so for more than 40 years. God brought Don into our life in a crucial period and time. He was just graduating from Fuller, and uh, he was friends with my, my, my life friend, Woodrow Walker, and we all got together, and it was just fireworks and the wives, and, it just, and it's so wonderful when you meet people that are, have the same kind of call on their life and assignment and you're working together and helping each other. That's the way it, that's the way it was. And so um, when the second bout of sickness came, I, I, I just, I really anticipated God just taking care of it because I know that he can. Amen. And I know what he even did for me. So uh, when he called me and told me that how severe it was 
I was, I was just in denial almost until I went to see him. And so she and I visited him. I, 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 he needed something and then we had something he needed. And I said, I got a package for you. I said, I'm coming by to see you. He said, come on, come on. And this sounds strong, you know. And I walked in the door and behold, Woody and Francine were already there. So the six of us were just spent four hours or more just talking, cutting up. In the middle of it, he said, I'm going to miss you guys. Then I knew that um, he was going to go. Well, I know that the Lord has a timing to do that, but we have have a call together to produce something in the body of Christ and the work is not done yet. And that's one of the reasons why I believed God would, would, um, would revive him, but it was the will of the Lord to receive him and oh, how the Lord received him. Oh my God. When Laban yesterday described and his son described, uh, I mean, I know Don well, know his expressions and when Don goes, wow, it had to be something, my God, uh, that he saw. And uh, so uh, the will of the Lord be done, and I, I, I praise God. But I was looking up mourning uh, because looking at the, the meaning of the word, it actually means to have deep sorrow. But the Bible makes clear the kind of sorrow we are allowed to have. Uh, one of the challenges I have is the body of Christ doesn't know how to mourn. Uh, acting like being sad about it is somehow off limits. And we even call it celebrations. We even call funerals celebrations, which they are, but at, that, that doesn't negate mourning. And man, I'm trying to figure out what was wrong with me because I'm just tore up. Toe up. <laughs> you know how when you get toe up so bad that you just don't know how to, you don't know what to do with it. Anybody, ever, anybody ever been there? You know, where your shoulders get it. You know, I'm toe up, but I don't feel like I can show it. So, um, but when, when I look the scripture up, the Bible says, we do not mourn as they that have no hope. Have mercy. Because our mourning is short-lived. Our sorrow is only for a season. Because we will all be united again. Amen. I hope, you, I hope you're with us when we're all united again. I pray that your heart is right with God. I pray that you are born again. That you belong to him. And that your life is committed to him. And, and I pray that you understand that you are part of a family. This is part of why, why mourning has its place. It's my brother. And I won't be able to do the things that I believed God had called us to do. I'll miss him. It's a, it's a pain in my heart. And, um, and yet, and yet, the Lord has not left us. Amen. And we are assigned. In fact, he was, the Lord was reminding me how important it is that even that I feel the way that I feel because God is 
forming something that we need to embrace and take a hold of that sometimes we, we don't. In fact, I want to begin this week opening before you the word of the Lord. Prepare you for the word of the Lord where God is working, where heaven is manifesting. The sentence, the narrative that's going on in heaven that now must come to earth. The body of Christ which must begin to take formation and become what heaven has called us to be. I offer this today, this time of eating and drinking together because of what God is doing in the church. And I want to draw your attention to this family table today. Several months ago, we, 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 we began a series of at the table, and I began sharing messages of what happened when Jesus came to the table, what he did and what it meant. And today, in one sense, it's a bit of a take up from there, but I want to talk about this family table and how important it is. And I'm trusting God that you will help, that you will, he'll help me to help you to understand how crucial it is, how important for life it really is. To do that, I want you to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 11 for a few moments before we eat this meal and drink this cup together. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, pardon me, chapter 11, verse 17 through 34. I will not read it all, but that's the passage which I want you to enfold even in your time, in, even in your, your time of uh, devotion in the Word of God to look at it. It's an amazing passage. There's a lot here. We cannot unpack all of it this morning. But just a little bit of it, I want, I want you to see it. And I want you to partake of it. Paul has written to the Corinthians in the 11th chapter, and he's commending them. He's complimenting them. If you look at the first few verses of that chapter, Paul is commending them for, their, for the things that they're doing, for the good things that they're doing. He's As a spiritual father, he's, he's, he's giving them some very positive giving them some uplifting instruction and edification. And he's, he's thanking them that, that they are doing what he told them and taught them to do. In essence, he's saying, you prove you're really my children in the Lord because you do, you do what I say. I've given you specific instruction. Instruction we do well to keep. But when he gets to verse 17, he acts as a real father, as a real spiritual father. And he says this, but in giving this instruction, I do not praise you. When I, give you, when I tell you this, I'm not happy about this, is what he's saying. In other words, I need to bring <clears throat> correction so that by the way, the only reason why correction would come is so that you could get the benefit of what he's given. He goes, because when you come together, it's not for better, it's for worse. Paul said, when you come together, you're worse than when you came, 
than before you came together. Are you breathing? For in the first place, when you come together as a church, underline that in, in your passage, highlight it in your phone if you can. When you come together as a church, I think that's a powerful statement. Because when the Apostle Paul, he's giving them identity. And he uses the word ecclesia. That's the word church. And since a building, an inanimate building built with the hands of men cannot disassemble and come back together. So he's not talking about a location. He says, when, when you come together as a church, as an ecclesia, I'm sorry that many of you don't understand what that term means by the grace of God. May you have full understanding by the time we have finished with this series. The ecclesia is a governmental body. It is a collective of individuals bound together to rule or to do management, to set policy. It is not a religious organization. The word that Paul used when, the, when you come together as a church, I love it. When you come together, it's a symbol. When you come into your place as a church, Paul said, I, here's the way I look at you when you gather together. And when you gather together, you should be better when you gather together than before you gathered. What occurs between you and among you should make you better than worse. Because you are Christ Ecclesia. The word is used by Jesus when he says, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not stand up against it. King James uses the word prevail. Peter, who do you say that I am? Peter said to Jesus, I'll tell you who you are. You are the Son of God, Jesus, the Son of God. Jesus said, oh, Peter, you didn't know this on your own volition. My Father has revealed this to you, who I really am. And then Jesus changed Peter's name. Simon, from Simon to Petras, Peter, Rock. And then he said, upon this rock, I will build my church. Upon this revelation, I will build my ecclesia. Everybody in that group sitting around there who heard Jesus say what he said at that moment was mind-blowing to them. They said, what? They knew what an ecclesia was. It's common language among them. It's not, it's not Hebrew, though. Jews don't talk that way. Because when you talk about an ecclesia, you're talking about these people that are ruling against us. These people who have authority to change our lives, 
to inhibit what, prohibit what we're doing, demean us, abuse us, and use us. That's what an ecclesia is. An ecclesia is a, a, it's, it's a ruling class of people from another culture. They don't love our God. They don't love our laws. They don't know our word. They don't know our customs. They hate our culture. And they're trying, coming to impose their culture on us. And then Jesus, when he says, but I, you know who I am. You know who I am is. I will build my church. Do well for us to understand what that is so we may understand better our relationship to one another and our relationship to him. So decades later, Peter, now who has been called, and Paul, who now has been answered the call of God, is talking to Christ's church, Christ's ecclesia. He said, when you gather together as the church, oh my God, help us, Lord. Now when you do that, he said, it's, you're not better because of it, you're worse. For in the first place, when you come together as a church, I hear there are divisions that exist among you. And Paul said, in part, I believe it. But then he goes on, he digresses. He says, but, you know, there, there needs to be some disagreements among you so that those who are approved may become evident among you. Therefore, when you meet together, he asks a question. Is it not the Lord's Supper? It's not the fish fry? It's not the barbecue? It's not the family picnic. It's not the church picnic. Are you all there? He said, when you come together, he said, um, <laughs> is it not for the Lord? Is it not the Lord's supper? Is it not the meal that Christ has prepared? Paul is alluding to why we would even do this. Something that he has constructed for us. Very different than our morning breakfast snack when we come together to train. That's a good thing. We're going to keep doing that. Put your hands together. Thank God for the chef who always supplies us with a good, a good, a good breakfast snack. But that's, that's not this. He goes on and he says, well, it's the Lord's Supper. Is it not that you come together for? And then he says, you know, when you come together to eat, each one of you takes his own supper first. And the one who's hungry and another is drunk. He said that your condition, your relationship, your lifestyle is all out of kilter. You come to eat this meal that I prepared, and when some come, they're so hungry, they don't even wait. They just walk up, just grab a cup, and look, 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 look. That's what Paul is saying. This is not, Paul says, a picnic. And then some of you, you, don't, you can't find the cup because you're too drunk when you get there in the first place. 
So he's speaking to their personal, their personal lifestyle and habits that are, that are reflected when they come together. And when they come together, no change happens. Are you breathing, saints? Verse 22, what? Don't you have your own houses to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God and shame those who have nothing? What should I say to you? It is a terrible thing when a church, when an ecclesia comes together and there's poor and nobody knows they're poor. What kind of relationship is that? He said, you come together to eat this meal and there are those who are hungry, hang eight in two or three days and you don't even know it? Wow. The Apostle Paul, when he writes about this, is saying, your condition, your awareness of your condition among you is as important as the very meal you eat. So he says, when you come and eat this meal and you have not taken care of among you, what needs to be taken care of? It is a shame for you. It is not a blessing. He goes on and he says, for I received, then he starts straightening them out. He says, for I received from the Lord that which I also, what I received from the Lord, I also delivered it to you. That the Lord Jesus, in the night in which he was betrayed, he took bread when he had given thanks. He broke it and he said, this is my body. Lord have mercy. This is my body, which is for you. Do this and remember me. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, this is the cup of the new covenant of my blood. Do this as often as you drink it. Remember me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim, I love that word. It's, it's, a, it's a word of victory, by the way. You proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, therefore, show how serious this meal is. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself. I love this. I can't break this open, but I will in the future. Let a man examine himself. So in doing so, in so doing, he is to eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks, eats and drinks judgment to himself. If he does not judge the body rightly. For this reason, many among you are weak, sick, and the Bible says sleep, and I looked it up, Thanatos, dead. But if we judge ourselves rightly, I love this, if we judge ourselves rightly, if we judge ourselves rightly, we will not be judged. But when we are judged, we are disciplined by the Lord so that we will not be condemned with the world. I want you to know today, 
we who have assembled today, this is not the world. We are the ones called out from the world and called into his family, his government. So, brothers, when you come together, I love this word. Look at your, look at your brother, Lewis says, when, you, when we come together, by the way, I just want to, I want to emphasize, coming together is a big deal with God. I want, and, and I know that it didn't say it on Zoom, and I know Zoom has its, its positive properties. It, it didn't mean when you come together online. When this was written, there was no, Zoom didn't exist. You feel me? They couldn't, they couldn't, they couldn't Zoom. Again, with no Zoomology, we're not bought up yet. So when you come together, look at yourself, when we come together. You know, if one of the, I, I'd love for you musicians to look up the songs that have the phrase in there, come together. That'd be a great, that'd be a great assignment. You gotta look at how many songs are written about with this phrase, come together. Which one that comes to your mind, a song that has a... As long as it means Jesus. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? You should look at how many songs are written that have this phrase about coming together. In these days, in these times, when our, when, when our brothers and our sisters, both saved and unsaved, are being swept away into eternity by death. And there are so many, I don't want to start naming them. Particularly over the last 30 days, 30 to 90 days. We are in a season when the Lord is deciding who will be the church that I will make the charge with. What will the church look like that I oppose the gates of hell? Who will be the ones that I can trust to get this work done? If you are still alive, then you must have a different attitude about our coming together. So the Apostle Paul is, it finds this important enough to address it with several verses. He even goes on and talks about the bread of the covenant. We, we'll get to covenant later. But what I want you to, to be mindful of today is that when the, the apostle said, when you come together, it's, you're worse than you are than before you came. That's not a good situation. I just got wind of, a, of, of, a, of an occurrence, unfortunately, in the body of Christ with this heavy contention. And it was worse for them to meet than not to. I'm kind of convinced, Abe, that maybe one reason why churches are dissipating 
instead of amalgamating is because with their amalgamation, the amalgamations that have been in the past do not, do, are not good. Because the motives are wrong. Or the leadership is wrong. Or the understanding is faulty. The relationships are shabby. The ability to solve problems is low. People don't know how to do the fundamental thing in the family of God that needs to be done. And that's when conflict comes, how do we take care of it? Jesus said, the world will know who I am because I will reflect myself through you because of the way you love one another. It will be so profound. They will know that you've been with me. And now we have a challenge because now the church looks so much like the world that we don't know the difference. You don't believe that? You should have watched the last Stellar Awards. Emmy, no, not the Emmy, Stellar. That's the, the Stellar Awards is, a, is, is that the Christian one? And that's what the Christian one? I'm talking about the Christian one. You should have watched it. Anybody see it? What, the Dove Awards. Watch the Dove Awards. Not that much different than the Emmys or the Grammys. God is now making a distinction between us. He, the Apostle Paul is so animate about it until he said, you, God has called you to judge the world. But you oh, don't qualify yet because you will not judge yourself. In fact, we're like the world. We have a thing in our hearts that says, don't judge, don't be judging, don't be judging, don't judge. How many of y'all have said it before I heard it said? Don't judge, don't judge me, don't judge me. How many of y'all heard that? That you know they don't read the scripture. Because that little passage I just got through right there will blow your mind, and you break that one open, and I will. I'll, I'll do it for you. You break that open to understand what it means to judge. Oh, my God. By the way, tap your neighbor and say, it's part of your assignment. Tap your neighbor, it's part of your assignment. First over yourself, and then over your brothers. But I'll open up the word. I'll explain it for you so you'll understand. By the way, one of the great words that God has given, one of the great assignments that the Apostle Paul, that God gave the church through the Apostle Paul, is to learn how to judge. Some of you don't even want it in your vocabulary because your, your life, your life, your life, your private life. Hello, hello. But when you get this right, you'll understand that it's part of your assignment. To judge. In fact, you can't judge if, there's not, if God hasn't set something up inside of you as the basis of that judgment. And if some of you have a problem right now, you don't want to say nothing about the world because, you know, I don't want to be judging. Jesus, help us, Lord, today. Let alone, you know, you, you know, some of you, you know, you know your brothers, your sisters, you know, there's some things that, you know, they just don't kind of, they don't roll with, uh, you know, they, when they leave the assembly, those things, seem, those things in their life seem to assemble. And you know it. 
and, but you don't want to say nothing. I don't want to be judging. The Apostle Paul said, when you come together at this table, what happens to you? He said, he's talking to their situation. He said, when you come together, you are worse because there are divisions in you. And those divisions, I promise you, have to do with what you believe should or should not be judged. Our very lives. I tell you, one of the things that I, I, I wrestle against is, one of, my, one of my challenges is the only time some of you ever even see each other is when we assemble. I will tell you that when Paul writes this, it's the same Paul that writes about what do you do when the small group meets. It's evident. It's evident. that the small group meeting, other than the mass assembly, is as important as the mass. And Paul writes to both situations, and he becomes detailed about it. You can't live your life in the, in the, in the company of everybody. You live your life in the company of a few. You live your life in the company of you. By the way, you live your life in family. So before I go any further, let me just say to you that this table right here, I call it the family table because that's what Jesus intended it to be. Because Jesus was sent by the Father, his full representation, and it is the Father that has prepared this meal for his sons and his daughters. Uh, it's, it has a specific purpose. There's a certain, le certain level of faith that comes with this meal. Power that comes with this meal. For those who understand, it's so important that the Apostle Paul said, before you eat this meal, I want you to wait on one another, the inference is to wait on one another in prayer. Because I want you to make sure your hearts are clear so that you don't take this meal in an unworthy manner or with a bad attitude or with an unbelieving attitude. Because it is not only real, it's important and it's powerful. It has a specific function among us. Most of us have not been raised in a covenant community or a culture that is held together by covenant. Most of us have not understood that when you come into a family, that family is a covenant. And the reason why you're a part of that family in the natural is the one thing, the one thing that makes, that, makes you a part of that family so important is blood. Some of you, the greatest conflict you have right now is with your brothers and your sisters, with your parents, with your kids. And yet, the very institution that God has called to rule, to be ecclesia, begins in your own household. 
Where do you think the enemy, if the enemy wanted to thwart what God was doing, if the enemy wanted to keep from happening what God has already declared will happen to him, if he wanted to prolong his days and keep his judgment from happening, what would he do? He would attack your family. Think about it. Where is the most tension and pain? Separation, division, misunderstanding, even hatred. With your family. In the culture we live in, think about what is attacked. The very institution of marriage, the foundation of a whole culture comes from our understanding and our practice of marriage. And that is why confusion is coming. Buffoonery, I call it. I have another word that I, I use, but it's not proper to use that word in, popular, in public. But it's accurate. Where you confuse what a woman is and what a man is. I want you to praise God that you have no confusion in your heart between the two. I want you to give him thanks. I want you to give him praise. I want you to give him glory because you know the difference. You're not confused with the difference. And neither are you, neither are you in compliance with those who are trying to make you accept the difference. The, not, not accept the difference. Those who are trying to tell you, you will address me as another gender, and it's obvious that they are not. And while we have in our heart a pain for them, while we have an empathy for them, we will not call the truth a lie. We will not call a lie the truth. And if you feel shame about that, you've already been infected with the judgment of the world. The attitude of the world is that you have somehow, that somehow you are in, in compliance with, 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 Lord have mercy, with transgenderism, which means gender is fluid, which means it can somehow move from one sex to the other, which means that you define what you are you define for yourself what you are rather than God Almighty defining for you who you are. And that, that's a serious confusion. And yet it's all in our culture. Now it's creeping into our laws. Now it's in our schools. Now it's in the most intimate places of your life where if you stand up and say, I'm sorry, I'm, I don't mean to offend you, but I can't, I won't comply with your illusion. You know, God's really done something in my heart about this thing. I, you know, about 10 years ago, maybe more than that, I just had such a hatred. He just said, oh, it was horrible. And part of it had to do with my upbringing and my background and things I was exposed to. And so I just had this, 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 this taste. And the Lord really helped me. I find myself embracing those who are in that confusion. And I believe in God that what he has done, the judgment he's brought forth, the righteous judgment he's brought forth in me will somehow by power help them to understand and the veil will be lifted and they might be saved. Lord God, some of you came here that way. The apostle Paul said such were some of you. But 
you've been washed, but you've been cleansed by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. And now, and now, now it's a, it's a new world. And I want, I want you to know that when you come to the table, you don't come like you were in the flesh. When you come to the table, it's a different person. Behold, all things have become new. Old things have passed away. And your judgment is different. In case you misunderstand or try to misunderstand, by the way, the culture is such now, if you talk the way I'm talking right now, they'll take my words and try to use them against me. I want to make it really clear because if you're struggling with gender identity, I want, to, I want to tell you that you're struggling with gender identity as somebody whom God deeply loves. And that he will, yes he will, yes he will. Not only will he, not only will he lift the veil and give you understanding, he'll bring deliverance. And woe be unto you who believe that deliverance is somehow evil. Woe be unto you that tried to make the law, raise laws against the conversion and the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Word of God. Woe be unto you who attempt to create obstacles from preaching the truth that men and women can be free. And if you don't think that spirit has come, you've not looked into the education of your children. Wow, my God where not only are they not telling you what they're teaching them, what they're allowing them to read, look at, even have different costumes for, or dress for them to wear when they go to school. They don't have to tell their parents. They just come and they change clothes and dress, cross-dress. Oh, that's going on right now. And here we are, the church, the standard, the ground, and the pillar of the truth. When we come together, there should be nothing but truth. When we come together, the lies out of the window. This is why it's a good thing to be able to even confess your sins. Confess what you've been tempted with. Confess what you've been wrestling with. Confess your sins that you might be forgiven. And not only will he forgive you, but the Bible says he will cleanse you from all, they say all, <laughs> all unrighteousness. See, Apostle Paul said, when you come together, it's, it's been, uh, uh, Corinthians, it's not good. It's not good. So I'm giving you this one to correct this so you can get the blessing. So, so not, so as not to prolong this today, I want you to understand that there's nothing more important on God's agenda than family. And do not forget that God has chosen to bless the whole world through the institution of family. Don't forget that family is his first governmental institution. If you can't govern in your house, you can't govern anywhere. Your whole, I said your family, that's right, your family, where you live. Inside of the, the confines of the four walls of, of your four walls, or how many, six, eight, ten, fifteen walls you got, however many walls you got, in, in that confine, it's there that the kingdom of God wants to manifest. 
So, not, so therefore, we must acknowledge male, female, because marriage is only defined in the context of a man and a woman. Why do I have to say that in the church? I have to say it in the church because the world is saying it 10,000 times over and over, trying to make us liars and trying to make the word of God a liar. But I'm telling you in the name of Jesus, there is no marriage without a man and a woman who come together. That is what marriage is. That is the foundation of everything. When children are born, there is a mother and a father. A mother who has a womb, a father who has sperm, and when they make love, hallelujah, that thing that it comes in her is alive you might call it a fetus it is a baby it is a child and when it comes it is holy and it is good and for you to kill it is wrong whenever a nation whenever a nation whenever a nation sanctions child sacrifice Yeah, I'm saying this to you because you're the church. Unfortunately, as much of that is going on in his house, in his family, as in the world. For those of you that have engaged, there is, there is Lord have mercy, thank God for judgment. Because the Bible says if you judge yourself by the word of God, so you judge yourself, you'll not be condemned with the world. That's, that's, oh my God, come my good news, man. I mean, all that stuff I did before I got, you know, before Jesus, all them women, all, ooh, ooh. Thank you, Jesus. All the brothers in the house said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Because y'all know you did some stuff. You come to the body of Christ and sin is judged. It is called sinful. So that blood, Lord have mercy, can be applied, forgiven, healed. Yeah, when you come together, it's for, it, it, it should, you should be better. You, you must be better after than before. Uh, I, I need to speak to this as we, before we do this. So if you've, been, if you've had a habit of coming to church, that's a, big, that's a big problem right there. First of all, you come to church, you're not to church, you come to church. That's a real problem. You come to the you come to the to the group meeting. I'm coming to the club. Come on down to the front of the dance. Come to the club. <laughs> no, uh, so those of you who are the church, when you assemble and you come together and are assembled his body, his church is acceptable in heaven my people you come together and, and, and you uh, and your life has smelled like the world it's God that makes provision for us now, it is true in Jerusalem, if you walk in the streets of Jerusalem, you couldn't help but get dust on your feet because you walk in the streets of Jerusalem. So every time you came in the house, they had a servant, they had a, wash, they had a pail of water, you sit down in the chair, and they wash your feet. Because you recognize that when you're in the world, there's residue of the world. 
You, know, you hear what I'm saying? When you come together, and when you come together as his church, his ecclesia, you gotta make sure that residue is off you. Because you're all up in it. Some of y'all are all in it. And those of you who have been participating, I want the Holy Spirit to bless your life and, and, and give you that power of godly judgment that can see what truth is and what a lie is and make a choice. That's a powerful thing. So Paul said, when you come together, wait on each other to get that thing right. Isn't that good? Wow, man. That's so awesome. Because when you do that, and, and, and then you eat and you drink in a manner, in a manner that's worthy of the Son of God. When you drink, take this bread, he said, this is my body. You drink this cup, this is my blood. Jesus knew what he was doing. This is my body, this is my blood. When you take this into you, he said, this, do this, remember me. Let the, pow let the power of, of my power to make you family, my power to make you whole, my power to bring healing, forgiveness, my power to break curses off of your life from your family lineage. And the things that your forefathers have dwelt in, have dealt in concerning demons and doctrines of demons. The thing be, let those things be broken off your life because the sin goes to a, sin visits the third and the fourth generation. The sins of the fathers visit the third and the fourth generation. The sins of the fathers visit the third and the fourth generations. And unfortunately, that visitation becomes a habitation because most of us do not know what to do with the temptations of our life. And the Lord, when you come together before this table, I want you to be cleansed of that. Let every false way be put away from you. Let every iniquitous thing, let me turn your back on every iniquitous, that, that iniquity is that con, repeating, con, continual repeating wickedness that comes to you in your life. Be cleansed of it in the name of Jesus. Y'all breathing all right? And recognize it, it, something else that happens to you. When, 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 you, when, you, when you understand this, then the person sitting next to you is not just Joe and Jean and Shaniqua. And, and not, no, no. It, it, all of a sudden, you get, to, you get to see them differently. One of the heartbreaking things for Carolyn and I this past weekend is to view brothers and sisters who belong in this house but because of iniquity and all other kinds of things are not. You make up your mind. You come to this table. You want that out of your life. Because it's family. The one thing that makes family awesome is the, the father. I close with this. Father, the father, that's why, that's why, that's why in Ephesians 4, it says something that's really interesting. Uh, Ephesians 3, 14. He says, uh, have you found it? Ken, put that up if you would. Uh, put, uh, put, uh, 
Put Ephesians 3, 13, 14, 15. If you, if you can. Maybe go to your, your phone Bible. <laughs> oh, I, 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 was looking at, I was looking at a teaching last week. That it said, why it is important not to throw away your printed books. Have you seen that? Why it's important not to throw away your printed books. Oh, my God. Just type that in there. Keep me my, keep, shall I keep my printed books? Stuff that comes up. And you understand why the technology that's now being developed, even the artificial AI, is keep your books. Don't throw them away. I was, gonna, I was in, my, in my storage and I was thinking about getting rid of mine. I said, no, mm -mm, I'm keeping them books. I'll find a place to put them. I make a library at the church. It's not mine, but I'm gonna keep them books. Keep them books. Look, tell you, look at the turn your name. Say, keep your books. Finally, look up. Look, somebody said, keep your books. Say, but get rid of your playboys now. Get rid of your playboys. Because, because the question comes, why? Because our present technology. Like right now, if you ask certain biblical questions to Google, you may or may not get the right answer. If all of the Bible is only on like electronics, you have just given somebody the right to change it. Unless you've memorized it, how will you know? Just like uh, all of our identities are online, and now with AI, they can now construct a new you to do something. Some of you have been, uh, you have been a, uh, a victim of, what's it called? Identity. ID what? Identity. Identity theft. Anybody know what that is? Because the system can't tell it's not you. It just knows ones and zeros. And once your information gets out there, now you can't hardly do anything online without giving your name, telephone, social security number. Come on, y'all, talk to me. What's that? Mother's maiden name. Yeah, they got all that stuff. We just gave away the kitchen sink. Now they can do what they want to do. So keep your books. Write that down. Keep my books. Yeah, all them good books. Keep them. Find a place to store them. You're going to need them. What was I going to was I going to? I was about to do something. Ephesians, write it. What does it say, Ken? 3.13. Therefore, I ask you not to lose heart at my tribulations on, on your behalf, for they are for your glory. Keep going. For this reason, I, I bow my knees, what? Before the what? You should look up the name. You should look up the meaning of that word. In, in, in Hebrew, it's pater. Pater. You should look it up. It's amazing. I bow my knees to the Father, of whom, if there's one more, from whom what? Every, Every what? Every family. Every family. In, in, in Hebrew, it's mishpaha. 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 Every family in, come on, and derives his name. The whole structure, the whole creation. The whole idea, the whole concept of family is from the Father. And then what the Father does, he helps us to relate to him by identifying himself with that word, Pater. We are his children. 
And God, tell your neighbor, God has no grandkids. In the Bible, in the scripture, the Bible has no grandkids because everyone are individually born of him. And, and you, have no, uh, you have no nieces and nephews because everybody born in the body of Christ is your brother or your sister. Turn around, look at your brother or your sister. Everybody born in the body of Christ is your brother or your sister. I'm doing great, but I love you, brother. And woe be unto you if you mess with your brother or your sister. Woe be unto you if you have stuff between you and your brother or your sister. God help you if you don't have a, a harmony between your brother and your sister. I told some folks just recently, I said, my father in, his, in our home, and I, some of you didn't have the privilege of growing up in a home where the father would not allow brothers and sisters to fight. And if they did, he would beat the living daylights. That's the way you just say, beat the living daylights out of them. In this day's language, it's child abuse. In my father's day, it's getting you right. Amen. And it wasn't no scars. Hello. It wasn't, it wasn't no scars. You didn't have no bruises upside the head. You didn't have no black eyes. Hello, somebody. Lip wasn't all stuck out. Wasn't no choke marks on your throat. But you know what? My father was wise. He knew how he, you know, if he wanted to get to you, he'd take, that, take them pants off. Take them pants off, boy. Take them pants off. And he didn't, take the, he didn't take the guy's pants off in front of the girls. Hello, somebody. Take your pants off, man. We'd be back in there. It's a private thing. When he got you, it was private. It was back in the closed door. But you could hear through the doors. All little. <laughs> and he'd he be talking. My father be talking. Now, you the oldest child. Now, you know all these kids, they, they be following you. So that means that what you do, they do. And I just want, and you know better. You know better. You know what I taught you. And, and, and then he slows it down. Don't let him slow it down, brother. Because when he slow it down, he's going to pick up the pace. And the next time I hear that you do not say what do what I say, I win it, man. And he would say, shut up before I give you something to cry for. Lord, have mercy, Jesus. And the world is scared to death of what I'm saying right now. And as a result, we got mass shootings. Where is his father? The Lord is restoring everything that's broken down. The Lord is, he is putting back in place everything that was moved out of place. The Lord is healing everything that was broken. The Lord is, the Lord is raising up his ecclesia, his godly families, his godly ruling families. He, he's bringing correction. He's taking the enmity between fathers and sons and the enmity between mothers and daughters. He's removing that hatred and he's bringing them back together again. Some of you have not understood yet. I can't talk about it as much as I want to. But your wealth has been held up because your family's not together. Your, your financial progress is what it is because you have, you, have you have not gotten that thing together because God requires it. So, uh, uh, what I was going to tell you was this word pater 
it, that's where he begins. So when, he, when you come and you sit at the Father's table, you come as a family member with rights and privileges. And you want to get yourself in a position that I can receive all my rights, all my provisions, all the promises of God, a yay and amen to the glory of God in Christ for those who are in covenant. We've got to look at each other differently. Hoping this morning, just for a second, as we get ready to leave this place after we take this meal, that you will see each other differently. Would you quit acting like, you know, you know, strangers that you meet every now and then? I'm, 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 I'm speaking to those of you who've been aloof and outside of any other circle. Some of you have circles in the world that are tighter than circles in, in the house of God. And, and you're being influenced by that. Some of you, your circles, your financial circles, you think that's how you're going to make it. And, and the Lord said, no, I've not, I've not, I have not ordained that you make it through that circle. The Lord has ordained that you make it through the closeness of the body of Christ, where righteousness is. You can tell your unsaved friend all your dirt, but you can't talk to your sister about it. Your sister who has the right and the authority to supply what needs to be added and bring deliverance and help. Okay, I got to go. So Jesus said, check the pattern out. Now, look, I got to go, guys. I can't remain here in this state. I'm, I'm, a risen from, I'm risen from the dead. As you know, my hands, you see the scars. I'm alive, but I can't stay here. I got to go and take my seat of authority so I can send you my person to live in you and not just to be alongside you. They're looking at you. You got to go? Yeah, and where I go, you can't come right now. But I will send the comforter, the Holy Spirit. Go back to Jerusalem. Gather together, 120, all 120 of you, gather together there in that room and stay there until what I tell you comes, comes. How many days were I dead in there? Look, great, look at that. And, they, and can you imagine them being in that one room? Oh, my God. I mean, they had to have a place to go to relieve themselves. Amen. Hey. The Bible's very practical. But they're together. They're talking. I, I, I bet you they talk, have some conversations. Peter, I cannot believe, man. You talk, doing all that talk. You freaked out when they finally came and got Jesus. You know you did, didn't you? You, know, you, you understand what I'm trying to say? Up until they had some conversations. And then when the day of Pentecost had fully come, which we're going to celebrate here soon, the day of Pentecost had fully come. We're going to celebrate that soon. When it fully come, the power of God fell on them. 50 days. Thank you. That's what Pentecost means, right? Read right there. 
So, so they, 50 days, say 50 days. 50 days, man, they were in a 50-day retreat. 50-day retreat. Lord, have mercy. So I'm going to say this to you. Jesus said, I, I got to go because the Holy Spirit's going to come. And when he comes, the com I'm going to send the comforter to you. And he's going to be, yeah, he's with you, but more than that, he's going to be in you. Lord, have mercy. And, and then he says, when you come together, when you come together, I want you to do this meal. Because now he's been doing this meal with them for a while. And they've been gathering three years. And, and after the resurrection, when he says, before, before the resurrection, he said, I cannot wait to eat this meal with you in my father's kingdom. And some of people, are, they're thinking heaven come. No, he was talking about after the resurrection, for the kingdom of God has come now. Am I right, Brother Tim? That's all right, Brother. Hey, hang with me. I love your honesty. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> My man. <laughs> he, said, he, said, he, said, the, 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 he said, the kingdom of God has come. I, I, I will eat this fresh and new with you in my father's kingdom. So now he's prophesying about his death and he says, this is the cup of, this is my blood. Here Jesus is about to spill his blood. He's holding his blood in the cup. Surely. In the form of the drink. And this is the cup of the new covenant. New covenant in my blood. This is the cup of the covenant in my blood. And this bread is my body. And he's prophesying because this literally hasn't taken place yet, but it's going to happen. And this is the bread of my body. You take it, you eat it. Remember, remember me. Eat it, drink it. In other words, in other words, I need you to internalize not, not just your traditions you're gathering together it must be more than a tradition you're coming together as my ecclesia cannot be religious it must be your life and some of you uh, have made the transition already and you you won't let anything keep you from the gathering some of you are still learning and you let almost anything keep you from the gathering and as the Holy Spirit manifests himself even more fully among us, you, you, will, you, will, you, will, you will come to the place where you realize this is the priority. And we're going to be better because we come together, not worse. Drink all of it. Eat all of it because it's me. In other words, Christ says, I want my nature, my life, my energy, my attitude, my power to be in you for the world. It, it, we, we, we benefit from it because when, when you are full of Christ and you are in relationship, whatever is needed, you, you supply. But 
But the reason why God does that is so that the world, when we eat this bread and drink this cup, he is in us and we are in the world and we are for, the world's not for us, we are for the world. A change in the world cannot come until the change is you. And when we come together, whatever change that needs to happen, the Lord Jesus is here to bring about that change. But make no mistake, it is family. That tapping everything is family and it's not optional. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you. I thank you that you are the, you are the father of our spirit. You're the father of the family. You're the governor of the ecclesia. We thank you, Father. Help our eyes to see who we are, how we are to live together. Cleanse us from everything that even looks, smells like the world. Cleanse us. Cleanse it from our spirit, from our, our soul, from our body. Help us to see it, recognize it. So that the transformation takes place and everybody knows it. Thank you for your blood that forgives us and cleanses us from all sin. Be upon those who wait on you to be clear in their minds about their commitment to you. Deliver those who have been trampling on the blood of Jesus, taking for granted his grace and mercy, living license, giving themselves the okay to sin. Thank you, Father, for changing that today. Thank you for that new fire that, that comes inside and burns that your light may be clear and shining in the world. We thank you for this in the name, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Stand on your feet, beloved.